let's uh let's get started. Usually when I get started, everyone comes in. So Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm gonna read our passage. Uh, I felt like we covered through twenty eight last week. I'm not trying to I mean I am probably trying to rush us because that's just I, apparently I just rush, but starting in twenty nine, chapter one, verse twenty nine. And then I'm going to go through 2.7. It says, And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed, this on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit, and you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the, of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, when no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. And a mist was going up from the land, and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord, oh, I'll keep going. And out of the ground, the Lord God made to spring up every tree that was pleasant in the, to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So uh, last week, or the past two weeks, we talked about uh, making man, God making man in his image and giving him dominion and blessing him and telling him to be fruitful and multiply. And so, um, now we're going to start in, I read through about 29 through 27. So 129 through 27. Um, so he kind of ends up the sixth day by giving man, um, at its most basic plants or giving everything plants to eat. I shouldn't say just man. Um, and that ends the sixth day. Anything from giving man plants to eat that we should take away. Well, you know, I was, I just, I never noticed this before until you just read this, um, this time when he talks about the animals and the creeping things and the birds and all of that, they got the green plants, but he only talked about fruit and stuff from, for, for man. And, uh, and I, and I got to thinking about how all the birds and the, and the bugs, um, mess up all our fruit these days, but it doesn't, huh. it doesn't seem like it would be that way, the way that it's written here in the Garden of Eden. Huh. Yeah. <clears throat> sure. Yeah, he gave us the best and they get kind of <laughs> the leftover and they don't mess with ours. I mean, our stomachs, as they're set up, cannot process grass, I don't mm-hmm. believe. Um, so, so, uh, in that way, this makes sense. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I had never, never sure. thought about that before. I mean, God provided then, and that makes me think that he will provide now. 
And we, were, we were all vegetarians, of course. Right? Uh, yeah. and, when, and when you eat seeds or you eat fruit with the seed in it, a lot of the fruit, not all of it, so you plant seeds later. You do. And animals are really good at it. Birds can fly and that plant seeds great distances away. Good morning. morning. What you put in your body doesn't make you clean or make you dirty. Oh. It's what comes out. All right. For those of you who just came in, we uh, went ahead and read. Uh, we read 29 through 27. And so 29 through 31 finishes up the sixth day. Um, and that's the section where God gives them food to eat, both the man, um, seeds bearing things to eat, and then green things for the animals. Then we talked about how God provides. And are there any other thoughts on the end of the sixth day? That it was all very good. Uh, before, well, no. Oh, sorry. Giving you every plant feeling seed. Um, I'd say today there are plenty of plants yielding seed that we don't eat or. Oh, interesting. To do. Yeah. For it's probably more that there, you know, we know that thorns and thistles and things came and maybe not thistles, but thorns. And mm-hmm. when that curse came, the stuff is that became a lot of it twisted and not edible and, uh, yeah. and, and fought us and mm-hmm. corrupt. Yeah, just, That's a good point. Before that, you just walk along. And you, don't, you don't have to be like, "Oh, is this one poisonous?" Am I going to get a rash and whatever? Or same with not the edible or same, not edible at all? Yeah, right. Same with the animals and the green things. Right? There are thing. There are plants that animals know that will not eat um, because they know to kill them. Um, Mushrooms, not plants necessarily, but we're one of the better examples of yeah. Some, yeah. some that look exactly like others, pretty much. Does sure. and animals know and they don't eat. Yeah, yeah, Any other thoughts on the sixth thing? Uh, 29 through 31. Okay. Are you sure that it was that thorns and thistles came after the fall or was it that they were there? Great. That's a good question. Right. I am not 100% sure. No. It's my understanding when the fall happened, part that was part of the curse that thorns would. I'd say we have to look at the curse to see how it's worded. So that's in 318, maybe 317, second part of it. Cursed is the ground because of you, and pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. Yes, look at that. It sounds like he brought them forth from the earth in the same way he brought forth the good (laughs) plants earlier. Yeah, but now by the sweat of your face, you feel like brand new. So apparently before that, it was not hard. No, you didn't have any weeds. And the environment was perfect. It was like a big greenhouse. And you're right, it was very good. It was good. In 31, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. And so in 2, 1 through 3, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. That seems pretty significant. So do you see this as carrying on into the New Testament, or do you think that was more for... In the Old Testament, it's used as the reason for the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Do you see the first day taking the place of the seventh day in the New Testament or what? 
No, I don't think Sunday replaces the Sabbath. I think that Hebrews says that Jesus is our Sabbath rest. And so I think that Jesus is our Sabbath rest. I, ha- I remember, though, a long time ago, I had a disagreement with a friend about this. His argument still bothers me, but I just am <laughs> going to go with it. Uh, it's a good argument, I felt like, and that was the Ten Commandments, right? If that's the case, if like Jesus is our Sabbath rest, and we don't honor the seventh day as something special, then the Ten Commandments are just weird in that case, because there's this one commandment. Then again, maybe not, but there's this one commandment that, like, the other ones, you're like, no, those are still all apply. The, you know, one through three and, you know, five through ten, uh, those are all still there. But then four is, like, fundamentally different, though I think we should still rest in Christ. It just, it's, like, that argument, I'm still like, it's a good one. But in the New Testament, there are there are passages that talk about talking about how uh, Washington specifically Sabbaths aren't something uh, I'll go get the passage in a second, but it talks specifically about Sabbaths and the Romans. It talks about don't let people judge you basically because of days or not days or observing specific days. And then in Hebrews four, it talks about Jesus being our Sabbath rest. And then obviously there is something I think Jesus kind of hinted at these things when in Matthew 11 and 12, he talked about rest in me, and then he had all these disagreements with the Pharisees about the Sabbath. What do you all think? I think it lays out a good principle of having a day to rest. Sure. The passage where you brought up where Paul says that whether you do holy days or Sabbaths and stuff like that, it doesn't you know, it's you do do it. You're not in and if you don't, you're not in right on. So, and you know, if you disobey one of the Ten Commandments, essentially that is sin. Mm-hmm. So something had to change between, you know, and the Sabbath. Right. The Sabbath had to have change in the transition, mm-hmm. so that if we do not do the Sabbath, then we're not sent right. by breaking that. So. We'll, Sure, kind of along with that when, um, you know, there are people that follow kosher eating um, because they find it to be valuable. And some people think because it's actually the law, except that in the New Testament, it's very specifically stated. He said, by this in Mark, it says, it talks about the vision of, of the clean and unclean and food and things. And it says, by this, he, it meant that God has made everything clean. And mm-hmm. it very specifically says that. So. Um, that's one thing. And about the Sabbath, it's a similar thought that it could be that it's good. It's what, you know, and God was saying, it's not just that, but it's also a picture of the Gentiles being made clean also in, in a way that the Jews didn't understand. And so he's connecting that. And mm-hmm. so, but the principle came that God is actually, since he claims he made the day clean, special, holy, he can claim it to be different if he did. Hmm. So then you look through it and try to see, did he say that in the New Testament? And what did be? And he did not say that specifically. Like you said, the things that people take are secondary, you know, a secondary argument from something else that was said that you don't have, you're not in sin if you observe a day or as long as you do it under the Lord. Um, and so there, that he compares that. But at the same time, and he also says, don't judge over somebody, but he does not specifically say, this day is different now. He didn't. So it's a, 
it is a, it's a it's a tough thing to, to write. I'm, I personally am one that believes that 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 didn't change. Jesus did fulfill it in a sense, so there's some change that happened with it there, and maybe maybe that's that's all it takes. And and we know we're not sinning if we're observing a day of rest different than the Sabbath unto the Lord. If, you, if our hearts are for the Lord, and that it is not sin, so what does that mean? Well, I, I think that does mean there's something different about the Sabbath compared to the other parts of the scripture, but it, but I don't know what that is, and it's hard to intimate. But G, when Jesus talked about it, you talked about things he said with argument with Pharisees, but sure. one of the things he actually said, he said, man was, uh, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So there's another thing it's in there. It's like, yeah. so why do we not observe it? And it, um, Jesus is all kinds of other things too. He is also our righteousness from murder and from lust and coveting. And he's like, that's, he's all right. So why do we worry about those still? If we worry about, you know, because he is our righteousness, why do we care to observe those? And so I, I think it's so much of it is, is, is wrapped up in the same idea. When it gets to the New Testament, the understanding of our freedom in Christ changes our, changes some ways of how we follow law. We still follow law. We still follow God and his law. But our understanding of it has to change somewhat because he is the, he is the fulfillment of it. But it doesn't mean don't follow it. So how do we understand it rightly in there? And I, I think that the, it never says that God changed the day. And so if we're going to, if it is, if there is a day left, it's Saturday, I believe it didn't change to Sunday. Um, yeah, but at I, the same time, that. if at the same time, when churches choose to rest and worship on a Sunday and it's your church body, there's a sense that I, and I've landed on, I believe I do what my church believes in that for the sense of fellowship, I do it with them. But if I, if I was to run my own church, Saturday would be the day we would choose to do it. And, I don't run my own church and I'm, you know, I don't ever have plans to run my own church. <laughs> you know, uh, if ever I get into leadership in a church, it's going to be with a group of guys. No uh, headhunters looking to hire you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it, it, but that's, you know, that's way down. And it's also one of those kind of way down the list things. We, we seek the fellowship in Christ and know he is the Sabbath and we're led to worship on a Sunday and I'm not, I'll do it with everybody to, for the sake of peace and, and love and the, and the body. And, you know, so that's a kind of a short answer for me. But. A lot of people <laughs> tend to worship on a Sunday, but I don't know that they rest, at least not in our country. And definitely, let me just do this. It's definitely not something to be legalistically held to either way. The ox in the ditch, the, the young, the doing, the, doing good. Healing, healing. Right. Doing Jesus' example, right? Doing ministry. The priests, they talk yeah. about the priests all the time. They do more work on a, on a Saturday than any other Jew, you know, it's like, or than most people do in a, on a work day, you know, it's crazy. All the, all the sacrifices they had to do and mm-hmm. cleaning deer, man, that's a, that's work. <laughs> <laughs> they had to do a hundred of them in a day, you know, it's like anyway, thousands. It's complicated. And that's the other thing it says, don't judge over it. But when you look at the principles of where it says, don't judge, don't judge someone because they eat meat or don't eat meat, but one's better. One's an actual faith in Christ understanding of, of it. And one is less, and you should encourage the other brother toward the faith that is in Christ the correct way. So even no matter which side we're on, we don't judge, and we encourage each other to our understanding and work in that unity and wrestle together to find who God really is and what he meant in it. So You have a theory of why he um, didn't say which was better? Because, you know, it would... Which what was better? So well, like, Eating meat or Sabbath? Yeah, with eating meat, like he does say which is better, you know, weaker. I think he did. Brother. 
I think he did. And I, and I think it's because the entire Old Testament says what's better. And it doesn't say it's all gone. It says it's still there. It does say it's gone away in some ways. In other ways, it's still rusted. But even if you say what he meant by the regulations are gone, that's part of the regulations that are gone. He, in the argument, in the old the Eastern arguing world, there's this ABBA logic. Of when you put a, an argument first or an ABAB logic, they, depending on how you structure it, you posit two things that can be considered part of the argument, either or. And then when you give the second connect, second discussion or second um, statement about those two things, you put them in the, in the same order saying when one is given the primacy, I can't remember which one it is, but in that, in those arguments, when Paul's talking about you, you say there's this, and then other people say, you know, you say there's the day one day and then everybody else says there's another day. There's an understood version of logic that, places the primary one, the better one, in one place. And that's the one that is the, the one day or the Sabbath. You know, but he's saying it is not condemnation to view it the other way. Well, and, and that whole issue of eating meat wasn't really about eating meat. It was about idol worship. It was about sacrificing meat to idols. And that meat that was sacrificed to idols would go to the marketplace. And... It might be that you bought meat that was that was sold, or I mean that was sacrificed to an idol, and that's why there were people who didn't go and eat meat. It wasn't about meat per se. It was about, you know, was it sacrificed to an idol? But you know, Paul of course knows that these idols are nothing, and so you know that's the issue that he's talking about there. It isn't. It isn't really about meat. I wonder if they charge a different price depending on whether the people's request got answered or not. <laughs> this one's really good meat. <laughs> They're God answered. Good prayer on that one. <laughs> but, you know, it is interesting, you know, the, the Sabbath. I, I've been struggling with the Sabbath for years. You know, what what do I need to do to, to observe Sabbath? <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, it's just like the, the dietary restrictions. I mean, although, you know, the main point of that was Gentiles are allowed in. We're not under that anymore. But, you know, if you look at the things that they weren't supposed to eat, none of those things are healthy, you know. So, Some are tasty, you, you know, the practical side and the, and the legal side, you know, it's, yeah, there's no restrictions anymore, but, you know. Pork in your diet is a yeah. main thing. is is not is not going to make you healthy, you know. <laughs> and, 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 and Sabbath rest, yeah, you uh, know, is important. Yeah, and the uh, thing you mentioned that we're not under anymore. There's a sense of those things when you get the right understanding in Christ of any law. If it's good, you stand on it. You're not under it. Then I that's the picture I think we talked about in the water. Peter walking on the water with Jesus. Water is, has always been a symbol of the word, the step, the law of God, and all that. And in, and in the Passover, the Exodus, when they left, they walked through it unharmed, and it drowned the evil when it went through. The same thing. And then Jesus stood on it, and it would have drowned Peter if he wasn't holding his hand on Jesus. There's a sense of understanding the law of the word all wrongly, you drown in it. Or if you have, mm -hmm. do not have the Redeemer as your Savior in it. You're, so then, after... You have the Savior, the law is still there. What do you do with it? If you don't, if it's not something you can stand on and it is drawing you under, 
similar if you say you struggle with it there's a, this struggle is good we need to struggle through this trying to understand but at the same time if it just bogs you down well i mean yeah let it go in some sense and, well, the thing and try is, to too that's the problem it's like illegalistic reading of the law is going to get you in trouble yeah. right paul talks about the law is fulfilled spiritually in the new testament so what the law was for was a greater revealing for example like paul says you know don't muzzle the ox and he said was this for the ox only or was it for us also who are ministers of the word and he says for us also who are ministers of the word right you should feed those who minister to you in the word of god well that's not what the law said the law said don't muzzle the ox that <laughs> right so in that day for them it was a shadow of the fulfilling of that law which would be you're supposed to take care of those who take care of you, in a sense. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, the dietary laws are a shadow of sin, right? The uncleanness of sin. That's why the Lord says, not that which enters into a man's belly makes you unclean, but that what comes out of the heart mm -hmm. is what makes a man unclean. And that's the fulfilling of the greater law, is that sin is the thing that corrupts, not necessarily food. And Paul even talks about that in Romans 14. He says, I know and persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. So he says, there is no food that is unclean of itself. He says, by the Lord Jesus. And then I think it's in Corinthians, he says, it's actually sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Hmm. You know, so like, if it is unclean, Paul says, you can pray for it, sanctify it, and cleanse it by prayer. You know, we do it Cheetos. Yeah. yeah. So you can buy <laughs> buy the budget <laughs> meal that didn't get the first answer. They go down my esophagus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remove all calories. That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess a, a major question would be in regards to the Sabbath and the, the Ten Commandments: Is are they are the Ten Commandments all moral laws, or are they part of the Old Covenant? Because if they're part well, of the Old Covenant. I was going to say, this too, on, what verse are you guys on specifically? Uh, two, one through three. Two, one, three, okay. So, this day hasn't ended. Yeah. Right? So, it says, and on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work, which he had made, and he blessed it and sanctified it. This this day, if you notice in this passage, doesn't end. It's not well, like the no other morning or evening. Yeah, there's no success of six days before it. Right? Which, I mean, I think shows oh, that, by the way... The other six days are a literal, whatever we want to call it, 24-hour period, 12-hour period, according to the Jews, whatever. <laughs> but the, the seventh day is still open, and Paul talks about this in Hebrews, that that is a sign of us entering into the rest of God as far as salvation is concerned, and entering into Christ, right? There's still a rest that remains for the people of God, and that it's in His Son, but that is literally typified by the seventh day that is an unending rest mm -hmm. for the people of God. You know, of course, we commemorate that on a weekly basis. We should set apart that day, just as God says here. It was for man. And again, actually, like yeah, the commentator yeah. I was reading was only man could understand this. <laughs> right. Right. The Sabbath is irrational to any other th creature on the Yeah, they don't know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. For the deer, yeah. they don't care whether it's Saturday. Praise the <laughs> Lord. They care when it's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> they move a little different. But yeah, what this was, this shows man's intelligence. Right. That of the six days on the seventh, he is to remember exactly everything that God has done. Yeah. And on the sixth, right then, on our, on our Sabbath day, we look back at the work week and we say, it is good. 
we worked. We did exactly what our creator did. And on the seventh day, we rest and we worship him and we rest with him, right? From his, what he sees from his words. Now, his words weren't, right, fatigue. It wasn't that he was tired, right? But it's a sense of completion. He had joy that he completed the work that he was to do. And in that sense, we can rejoice in the work that we have completed and serve him and worship him on the day that is set apart for him. So you said we should. Right. And Absolutely. You, so you're not, yeah, I'm not, that, saying you're not getting that from two one. Right. You're getting that from Exodus, Deuteronomy, right, from the old code. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, this might be something interesting to think about because if it's part of the old covenant, right, then it could I mean it's easy to do away with in that sense. So in four thirteen, in Deuteronomy four thirteen, I'll read eleven and twelve to kind of give a context. Do with it what you want. And you came near this is Moses speaking, and stood at the foot of the mountain, while the mountain burned with fire to the heart of the heaven, wrapped in darkness, cloud and gloom. Then the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but no form. There was only a voice. And then here's the verse. And he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform. That is the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them down in two tablets of stone. So is is that covenant are we speaking of here the old covenant? Because if so, that would be the Ten Commandments, right? Um, because interestingly, in the, New, in the New Testament, every command in the in the Ten Commandments is reiterated except for the Sabbath. Right? So therefore, we should follow them. If it's part of the old covenant, which is where I'm at, honestly, then you don't have to follow the Sabbath. Right? Now, it, I'm not going to be pushy because Paul wasn't pushy. Right. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. if you're going to do it, that's fine. But I think that's Absolutely. a fair verse anyway to look into mm-hmm. to say, okay, mm-hmm. is the Sabbath part of the old cup? Sabbath was from creation. Okay. is He blessed that day and made it holy. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. it, it's, it's foundational. It's at the beginning. Right. Is the command to not to rest the third blessing part of it? I'm not saying that, I'm not saying two one is. It's saying, it's not a command, right? Yeah, it's not. It's a day of rest. Yeah. It's a day where the creator can rest with his creation. It's a day when creation can rest with the creator. It's a day when it can, yeah, that's a fair glory. The, the the old majesty of what he did is celebrated and, and enjoyed just in peace. And then with the knowledge of the Son of God coming. Then on the first day of the week, then we go and worship, and we celebrate with other believers, and um, we do that. Yeah, there's so a, why did you say first point. day of the week? Yeah, I don't think he did. I said I, I said I said then on the first day of the week. So the way I, the way I see they would have done it in the beginning of the church is they would have went to the synagogue on sat on Saturday on the Sabbath, shared about the Messiah, been there with understanding who the Messiah was with those that didn't. Um, being that positive influence, being that leaven, being all that. And then on Sunday, then they would worship in homes with other believers, and they would have that strengthening fellowship that would take them through the week until they could rest again, bringing the message to, I see that as what we do even, where we would still rest on on Saturday or whatever we should. Well, okay, in the New Covenant then, with the Ten Commandments. Jesus says, okay, it says don't commit adultery. 
I say, you look at a woman, you've committed adultery. Don't kill. I say, you got that anger, you already killed. So the new covenant is so much more. So with the Sabbath being so foundational and holy, that so much more is Sabbath rest in Christ. It's every day we should have that rest in Him. But still, Saturday was holy, so having a day of rest like that. But then we can go to our local congregations, to those that may or may not know the Lord, <laughs> and share Christ with them. I like which one of I liked everything you said. I especially like uh, appreciated one of the things you said, which was, I think you said like rest in Jesus every day, mm -hmm. which uh, uh, Dan said Hebrews four when you said that because that's you know if we don't read Hebrews four today, then it's worth reading after um, we talk today because that really I think what you said there rest in Jesus every day really then connects to Hebrews four. Even if you're in prison, even if you're in war, even yeah. if you can't rest in your flesh. Still rest in Jesus every day. That's a yeah. good point. Yeah. And his reference to Jesus and his, you know, he, he incited violence and anger and the wrath of man by breaking their rules on mm. the Sabbath. Mm. Not, yeah. Not God's rules. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Because they mm -hmm. had made... Ten Commandments in the six hundred thirteen. Yeah, so, you know they get only what walks fourteenth walk or something like that. And anyway, oh, yeah. the uh, and I, I think the the biggest problem that all I have is that once I decide that that I'm going to be holy because I do this and and you're not because you don't, <laughs> then I've made something an idol in my own life mm -hmm. that that I judge people with according to their actions. Yeah. And and I and I to me it's this there's the difference between what God said and the spirit of what God meant. And and you know it's like we were saying a minute ago about when when God it wasn't like God was tired on the seventh day. No. It was it literally is he didn't, he didn't seven, run out of juice. Seven <laughs> means completeness. Yeah. It's completed. It's like Jesus on the cross when he said it's finished. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and if you think about that, the parallel between that is that God made creation and and he said it was very good and he rested. And we find that Jesus came with a purpose and he died on the cross and said it's finished. Mm -hmm. And that's the finished work of salvation, you know, and then you could enter his rest at that point, which both were works of God. And one of them's creation, the other was redeeming creation. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, there's a sense of him at work redeeming all days. Yeah. Um, and that and that we as his his pinnacle of that creation should work with him in it and know that there is rest to be found in him every day. Um, and I and there is at bare minimum the principle of seven one one day a week that we and I, this, the 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 thing I hadn't been really mentioned yet and I and I forgot to mention was the the Sabbath through the Old Testament was also considered to be banner over his people that they did together mm -hmm. and there's a unity in it that God wants us to have they want them to have for sure and I believe still wants us to have and we've and it. And I mean, I, I see it as something that 
the beginnings of, of the Catholic Church, and you see their history and all the things that they do and things commentary they've made about it. Like we we changed it to Sunday, and you guys pro protested, and you still do it Sunday. Wow, that's weird. Why do you do that? It was our authority that did it, and we all still <laughs> cite. Well, and we cite some of the same things they do that gets us there. That like, oh, the, it says like they worship on the first day of the week, and I, but when you and the other thing that goes with that is the first day of the week was the evening of Saturday. That was what it was at that, that time. That was the understanding the Jews had all the time, they, and they did. They always had a meal at the beginning of the Sabbath and a meal at the end of the Sabbath together. And, and sometimes it was like you kind of mentioned, there's a connection to this is just my family together doing it. And another one of the meals was I gathered multiple families together. And then in between those, there was the day of, of the rest where they did actually do the temple and synagogue. and thing. So there's a, to me, that's what seems to fit what God and it and it, it is always hard. Also, hearing Mark say that the, the idea of should versus what's good and can and and all mm -hmm. that is it's and I I want to take care in that too because there's a sense of yeah you should be free to eat meat mm -hmm. you should have this free you should live this this that's righteousness if you are not free to eat meat your conscience is still bound in a lesser faith is it sin then to not eat the meat. Because you're idolizing. It, it is. It's less than in a sense. And we walk around all the time doing less than perfect all the time. But somehow the sense is we're still God's child working toward what he, he's working in us to do the good, to work toward that understanding. And we trip all the time. But there, so it's, and it, even in that understanding of things, it does change somewhat. It should eat at us to remind us that I shouldn't be legalistic about any of this. Christ is my righteousness in whether or not I look at a woman wrong or not, whether or not I get mad at my kid and hit him or not, whether I cuss because I missed a shot at a deer on a Saturday. You know? <laughs> and, and I, did you? Uh, no. <laughs> that one really wait, sounded wait, familiar. Uh, <laughs> something resonated with that one. I don't know. <laughs> but that. I mean, uh, you hesitated. Hesitate. <laughs> it is hard. It is it is hard and good to struggle and to find rest, and that is what it talks about in Hebrews. That it, we should struggle to enter rest, strive to enter in. <laughs> how do how do we do that? And because it, it's to be all of these things, and it is it is good. It, there's the more we get into it, to the struggle to work. The first day Isaiah came down with me, I appreciate it greatly. He he did some work with me, and uh, we and he's learning some. To learn some remodeling stuff, and we did some work together. Excellent, great guy to do that with. And um, even that work itself, God said, part of the curse is it's going to be a worse version of it, for lack of a better word. Swipe. But it's still good. It is still good for us to pursue it and do good in it. He, maybe even better because it's harder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but we can still have an attitude that this isn't bad. This is good. So that's that's the one I struggle with. Maybe the most time through the week is having a good attitude during work. And I mean, all these things are probably less really lining it out as this is a should, if you don't do it, you're sinning. And this is a can, and this is, a, you know, even trying to separate between those, I don't know, it, it's beginning to, to make me think that we got to take great care in that because yeah, there's a should, and we don't really do any of it perfectly except in Christ. And even then if we don't usually do it, and I hate to say it this way, take care of it, but we don't really do it to the letter of the law. I don't think a lot of times in the way when God, when God's spirit works in us, it's within that framework. Yes. When we follow him, 
but it's fleshed out and alive when we're doing it in him. Mm -hmm. So it can look a lot different than we think the word really means sometimes. We have to take great care in holding too tightly. To, um, that, that, and that, I hope take that with a grain of salt because that is the word. It's the word of God revealed. So we don't let go of it at all, but our understanding of it maybe has to be tweaked. And that's what the Jews had to learn from the Sabbath. Like you said, they, they said they, they were told, do not work or you're stoned. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, I tell you, it's a gift to you. Take it as a gift and don't treat it wrong. I don't know. Although, all of it's a gift. Although they made it work. Huh? With all the rules and Yeah, they made it work not working. They made it work. <laughs> yeah, they could. So they have their understanding. They can't start a car because it's starting a fire. But they can go out and, mm-hmm. and, and put their horse together on a, on a buggy and ride it, you know. And it's more work to do that than it is to just click, you know. It, My favorite one is you can spit on a stone, but you can't spit in the dirt. Because if you spit in the dirt, you're, you're making, making clay. It. <laughs> and so that that's, why Jesus, and that's why Jesus spit in the dirt, made clay, and put it on someone's eyes. He's like, like I'm messing I'll tell you part. how to spit. <laughs> you got to spit, spit. Huh. <laughs> One thing, I'll I, I tell a short story because I think it's, it really is a point. Uh, when I was a kid, it was raining and flooding and everything. And, and so me and my sisters wanted to go outside playing in the rain. What's my dad told us, he said, I, I don't care how wet you get as long as you wear your raincoat. So we put a raincoat on a big ditch of water down there, so we went down and were swimming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had a raincoat on, but we were swimming. And, and, and I, the, real, the relationship, God says, keep the Sabbath holy. And, and then mankind had to kind of work, what does that mean? You know, and so we made a bunch of laws and stuff like that. And... And I would also like to say that it says in the New Testament, this is all these things happened to them, Israel, for our example. Mm-hmm. You know, it's talking about them in the wilderness, about them grumbling, about them, you know, just being stubborn, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. And also in the Old Testament, we also got to realize that when Jerusalem was destroyed three times, actually, I mean, it was, it was conquered three times by Nebuchadnezzar. But the whole point of that was that they would be out of there for 70 years because Israel refused to do the Sabbath for almost like 400 years or something like that. It was, it, it was a payment, it was like a punishment year. by God because they did not keep the Sabbath. And, and so there is, God's making a point, okay? And I'm going to make the point that, you know, we talked about Saturday, you know, oh, and we were talking about Catholics a minute ago, so he was Catholic background, whatever. You know, they can, they can live like hell for six days or six and a half days or whatever. And, you know, as long as they show up at church on Sunday and get absolved by their priest. Oh, that's, you know, that's my kind of religion. They, they can do you can pretty much whatever they want. want. And, and I'm not aspiring to that, okay? Don't get Catholic <laughs> because of that. My whole point of it is that Jesus told the woman at the well, there'll come a time, okay? There'll come a time when anyone can worship in spirit and truth. On any mountain. Right. Yeah. Okay, and, and I, I would emphasize to all of you, and I know you know this, but for the young people, is that you need to develop a relationship with the Lord where you have communion with Him. Private. Okay, that you that you are in connecting with, you are in the rest of Christ mm-hmm. every day, 
not okay. just Saturday, Sunday, whatever special day you put an emphasis. And, and I'll be, as a pastor, you know, I've talked about Catholics. I've seen Baptists do the same thing. You know, I, you yeah. know, I had a, some people that were, you know, went to church and, you know, they both got killed in a head-on collision, drunk uh, on the wrong road, and someone else had to raise their kids. And, and you just, you know, it's hard to explain exactly how that happened. You know what I mean? It, it's Sounds like sin. Well, I, but but there again, I, I'm saying that Jesus said, I will be with you always. Okay? He says, every idle word that you say, okay, there's nothing in your life you're going to hide from me. Okay, so that should modify your behavior of of confessing your sins quickly and, and and trying to keep your communion with God and resting in Christ. And so you don't have this burden of sin laying over your life all this time. And to me, that's freedom in Christ is to be able to walk without fear and communion with the Lord, much like I know it's we're not there yet, but like Adam did in fellowship with creation. Yep. Very good. Did you get there? And another thing to to be careful of in this specific version of it, and it does tie to everything else, is even, like you said, even Baptists do it or whatever. You know, there's there's a sense of even um, even the current, the Christian faith can treat Sunday legalistically like it is the Sabbath. And it's not real. And some places do actually teach it, yeah. that it is the new, it's the you know, second version of the Sabbath it is. And, and, there, and that's, I understand it. That's, that's, there's a Christian culture about us that, Right. You know, whether or not we're taught that, there's a sense of, and I'm glad, Isaiah, thanks for bringing this up so much, because I grew up, it wasn't until probably 15, 20 years ago, and you've heard some of my stories, Randy and Margie Hughes at Half Church and that sort of thing, growing, growing, growing in that understanding, but always having this in the back of my mind. We don't really treat Sabbath the way we should, but I don't understand what it should be. I just know it's not Sunday. But I was fine with worshiping on Sunday because it was the day Jesus rose, and it was good to remember that for sure. And we can do that every week. You know, there's a sense of that, but without a real good teaching on it as a church, and it's hard to—it is. It's it's a difficult one. But if your church teaches that Sunday is the replacement Sabbath, then there are issues that come with that. Then you become legalistic. There can be. Can be. Sorry. Yes, it may be right and. Whatever, but but then to treat it as the Sabbath then comes along with the things nipping at our heels to treat it legalistically the same way the Jews did the Saturday Sabbath, and it, mm. that has become a tenant. Where my you know parents they won't they they won't do any work and then they'll get mad at you do if they won't let you, they'll be mad at somebody for going out to eat because you're causing somebody else to work or you know uh, it's it just becomes the same thing rewritten in a different way and and we got to we have to take care no matter what to treat things the way Jesus did it's a gift regardless of what it is. And he is the real gift, but we get a physical gift to remind us of that gift of Jesus. And I think we should honor that physical gift of course, to the best of our ability with the church. Huh? Well, historically in America, well, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, they wouldn't probably anything open on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, there just wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't you know, an option. the way the world was. <laughs> and then a lot of revivals. just don't get off Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly what you're going to say. Well, I was going to say, in a sense, Scripture gives us the idea that Sunday supersedes the Sabbath in the sense it's the day of resurrection. Right? Paul calls it the eighth day, which is interesting because there is no eighth day <laughs> in the work week. It's right? for the Beatles. So, <laughs> so the eighth day, though, represents new beginnings. Nice. It represents newness of life, right? Peter talks about how he's begotten us into a livelihood through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So you're talking about the Sabbath is a rest day, but 
the Sunday is the day of new life. It's the new beginning. It's a new creation is what Sunday is a representative. And it restores the Sabbath day, mm-hmm. right? Because in the fall, everything was broken, right? And this is why 28, 29, 30, and 31 is so important. God told them in 29, I've given you every green herb to eat, right? There is no animal death before the fall of man, mm-hmm. right? And even in verse 30, he says that every beast of the field and every fowl of the air is going to eat a green herb. So even the animals did not eat each other at this point. And 31 concludes with God saw everything was good, right? And so through Christ rising from the dead, it is a promise, as Romans talks about, that he's going to restore the whole creation, that the creature itself groans for our day to be revealed, right? The the animals groan in creation, that mm. the glorious liberty of the sons of God would be revealed and all things would be restored to where there is no death. So I think in a sense, like Sunday not being legalistic, but I think from Scripture, there's a sense of it being a superseding of the Sabbath, of resurrection and new beginning. And I think that's why Paul would go to the synagogue on Sabbath, and then they would worship on Sunday. And they would worship because it was the day that Jesus had resurrected from the dead. I think that's an important thing. I think Sunday is an important day. I don't think, I think Christians can meet any day of the week. But I do think the New Testament church specifically marked out Sunday as the day of resurrection, the day of new beginnings, the day of he's going to restore all things back to as they were. First fruits of new creation. This has been, um, and we can continue, but just to to encapsulate, this has been a, a great discussion. We talked through all the issues with Ten Commandments, with the Old and New Covenants. We talked, Dennis talked about the fact that this is at the, this, this thing here is at the beginning, and is there is there then a foundational concept to this day? And Zach talked about, and then Zach and, and others talked about Sunday and and all the things uh, surrounding that. And then we talked about uh, the possibility of legalism uh, surrounding our observation. Um, and we talked about um, Romans fourteen, and then we talked about Hebrews um, chapter four. That's I I. Maybe there are other things that we could cover, but I think we covered I all all of the major things about the Sabbath. Go ahead. I sure. do have one. It's not specifically about the Sabbath. It, no. it ties to it because of this. But what does Paul say about things that we have doubts concerning? You know, Tim's talking about struggling through this, and I'm with you, man. I, I still, you know, I, I got to a place where I was very settled on the fact that the church should be moving back away from Sunday as a focal point to Saturday. You know, I, I was there pretty firmly, and... Now it's more of a question, but I still basically believe it. But I'm like, this is this is way more of a of a, a point to contend and struggle with, like Jacob did. That's a good thing. But in it all, Paul said, "Be convinced." Mm. What you do, if you do something, it's not out of faith. Whatever it is, it's sin. So in what you're doing, mm-hmm. as we struggle through this together, man, that's why that's why there's a lot of good to be had with saying, "I don't know for sure as my own self, but I do trust my elders. I trust." A dad, I trust my my church leadership. I trust these guys that are pastors. I'm, I trust this. I'm going to follow them in it, even as I struggle. It doesn't mean I have to just take them as the Pope. I do really respect them in this. They have put in the time. And, you know, so in that sense, wherever you're at in this right now, live it out. And do it in, in good faith before the Lord with the people around you. Trusting that you're you're a blessing to God, and you know that you are worshiping in a way that He He accepts, 
Do it unto the Lord. That's what that, I think that's a lot of what that meant. Do it unto the Lord in your heart. And he accepts it as an, as an, an, basically an offering of worship, you know, that's your life sacrifice to him in a living way. So in it, do that. And that's really, but hard don't give it up. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's really hard to, I agree with you, but it's hard for me immensely to say that because you're like, as a Christian, we have a standard. There is a right and there is a wrong. Right, God has a right but that yet, understanding. Yes. So in fourteen five in Romans one, this is what you referenced. One person, I think, one yeah, person was. esteems one day as better than the other, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced. And so <laughs> mine, the one who observes the day observes it to honor the Lord. All right. So <laughs> in the Lord, I, I hate. I hate. You know. I. I so there you go. Christians, Christmas is okay. There you go. Halloween. Christmas. Day. Yeah, you know, you should celebrate all. So that's one struggle. Then the other struggle that they naturally have is that it's so easy to condemn your brother. Yes, I believe those are the two contentions that I find with this topic. Yeah, Um, and many others, but. Pretty specifically, right? Yeah. Don't cause your brothers to assemble. Exactly. Yeah. And How do you talking not? about the same? Thing. You got brothers in all kinds of places. You can't not cause all of them to stumble. And but and but there's. I mean, with that being said, I do have to give this caveat that there is there are standards that you can judge your brother on when he's in his set, right? This is not one of them. Yes, that, true. Right. I don't want to be one of those free for alls. Well, I mean, the the point that Paul makes is to walk by the spirit and uh, and deny the flesh. Because he says, you know, for me, all things are lawful, but they're not necessarily edifying. Um, they're not necessarily constructive. Um, and, uh, you know, he says that in a couple of places. Any other thoughts on chapter 2, verses 1 through 3? In, in Acts chapter 2, verse 46, it says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I think sometimes I've had more trouble with legalism as as it just kind of in the the spirit of people sometimes, you know, it's a, because it creates a very judgmental attitude and condescending behavior. Uh, you know, and, and we have to have rules. I, I get that. You know what I mean? But that was one of the big issues with Jesus is that we had made so many rules that they had ostracized the needy, the poor, the lame, the blind, the, the people that were crippled, and, and the people that needed grace the most. And And I... I'm not, I'm not saying that we should just, you know, anything goes. I'm not saying that because holiness has its own standard itself. Uh, and and conviction comes from the Spirit, the Word of God, and the, and the Spirit of God being preached in truth. And, and I, you know, when the truth comes up against darkness, the enlightenment of truth reveals God's goodness and His love. You know, it's... it's you, you you see God is very good, and you want that. And that really, that is preaching the gospel, is that not only do you need this, but let me, let me speak this to you so that you want this, because 
Everything that you don't have can be found in Christ. And and if, if you look at God's creation, it says it's very good. It was it was a perfect place for a perfect people at that time to have everything. That you, if you look at Psalms twenty three, it says, you know, the Lord says, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." That was that place. Okay, uh, you know, it's something I think about quite often. Is that I try to visualize the Lord as my shepherd and me as a sheep, not me telling God what to do, okay, <laughs> but me following God where he wants me to go. Because if, if I go where he wants me to be, he's going to provide everything I need, and he's going to give rest to my soul, and then he's going to lead me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, not my sake, right? for his name's sake. You know, and if my enemies are around me, it doesn't matter. He's still going to prepare a table before me. Right there in the presence of your enemies, a table. (laughs) And he's going to anoint my head with oil and my cup's going to run over. I mean, why wouldn't you not want to be in a place like that? (laughs) You know what I mean? And and so pursuing God is is not a day. It's not a Mm. time. It's it's communion. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and that's what I brought up in Acts, that it says they continue daily in the Word, and the Lord added to them daily, and they rejoice together, and God added to them. So somewhere we have to be able to make the essence in the, in, of, of God so good. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. If we had some amazing meal or something, I would say, Tim, you have to have a piece of this. <laughs> You know what I mean? I would convince you that you have to eat this. You know, are we like that with Jesus? Do we make Jesus such a an appealing thing that people would would try it? Uh, I, I'm just, I mean, you know, it can't, it can't, it can't be. I'm I'm holy, and reason I am is because I do this, and you're not, and you're going to hell. I mean, there is that's that is a truth, okay. But it's it's a refusal of it's God's refusal offer of grace. Of God's refusal refusal of God's grace. Of it's going to sing. It's going to sing. Sorry for the tyrant. No, no, it's a good tyrant. <laughs> uh, did he just drop a mic? But yeah, I mean, it's one of the reasons that you know I I always step back when I'm when I'm appalled at somebody's behavior or something like that because it, it's like how can you expect a non-Christian who has not been redeemed in any way? To act like a Christian. <laughs> I always step back when I'm really down on what somebody's doing and and my my family the same way. I'll say, why would you expect them to act like they were they're safe? <laughs> well actually it becomes problematic because they think if they keep a set of rules, they're okay. Which I think is like gonna be the worst of the worst, but one of these days going to stand before them, God and say, well, I was a, I was a good person. Hey, Man. look at all my accolades. And he go, yep, it don't work for me. <laughs> Any other thoughts on two, one through three? So Tim and I were talking about, um, we talked about the gap theory, some together. <laughs> we mentioned we didn't, we talked about a sum group. You know, mm-hmm. missed a by bit. a chapter, my friend. Didn't. Yeah. He's taking <laughs> us back. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking. I'm not going to get another chance. <laughs> it's the day that you know God blessed mainly. Um I don't think that we talked really about the day age theory. No, not really. Okay, and I know there's. I don't think I said. I think there's different views on that. I'll throw out mine. 
I think it's a pretty strong argument that there is no such thing. Right. So um, day age theory basically is false. No, I mean. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right then, let's close that. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> Just forget, yeah. forget he said it. Yeah. Every day is an eight, like a time period. Don't like even look at hundred million. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, it's an age. Mark, I'll explain it if you want. Well, right. Go okay, ahead. so so um, the word. Really briefly, the the word that is translated day in all of our Bibles also means period of time. Yeah. So, Mark, you got three minutes, and then can you pray for us? <laughs> Same thing with the gap theory. If the day age theory exists the way that they take it, there would be death before sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Romans 5 specifically states that there was not. Sin came, and then death through Adam. Um, I find that a major problem with each of those theories. Um, if there was death... Why would God say that it was good? Because each of these days, he says, you know, this this day and all that he had made, this is good. I, I find that also problematic. Um, in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, Paul writes that Adam was the first man. That's a major problem for that belief. Um, in Mark 10, 6, um, Jesus says, In the beginning, God created them male and female. This was day six. It'd be really weird to have millions of years, and then Jesus says, well, in the beginning. Yeah, the millions of years is still the beginning. Yeah, it just doesn't make, it doesn't flow. Um, And then here's some more of the linguistic arguments that I have. Uh, When does day start to mean an ordinary day? Like, how are you going to decipher that? How does a scholar who believes the gap theory, okay, now this is when it means age. They, yeah, 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 like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, you know, Genesis 5, Genesis 6, when do we start? Um, the word day, I can't remember the Hebrew word, somebody, yod, yod, yeah, right. That was yom. It's, that's you don't form the same word. Yes. Uh, um, what kind of mood you're in. So it's used 2,301 <laughs> times, that word, the Hebrew word, okay, in the Old Testament. And <clears throat> scholars all agree there might be a few outliers, but scholars all, all agree they know the meaning of each of one of those terms, like what it means in judges or whatever, except in that Genesis context. 1. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, it's just unclear okay. in Genesis 1, which okay. is, to me, suspicious. Um, so out of those 2,301 times, 410 times, whenever you, we see the word day with a number, it always means an ordinary day throughout the Old Testament. Okay. Like fifth day, sixth day, whatever. Okay. Um, 38 of those times, whenever it has evening and morning without the word day, it always means an ordinary day. Okay. 23 of those times, evening and morning with a day mentioned, it always means an ordinary day. And then whenever it has uh, the word night with it, 52 times in the Old Testament, it always means an ordinary day. Genesis 1, we have all of those things. We have the word evening, we have the word morning, we have night, we have the number, and we have the word day. <laughs> it's just not a clear, Mark. Very conclusive <laughs> to me. Like, we have all of those things combined. And if we exegete, if we're, if we're consistent with our exegesis throughout the Bible, why not apply it to Genesis 1 as well? Gotcha. Now I'll say... To play devil's advocate. And maybe we pick this up next week. So, Mark, I fully hold to your view, obviously. I just noticed how easily he fit into that. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? 
fit right into the devil's advocate. I mean, these are questions. That's just a question. Right. Like for us to think about next week, because obviously I hold your view and I think there's, it's the only defensible, defensible view. But for example, in Genesis 2, 4, right? It says, these are the generations of the heaven and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the heaven and the earth, right? Hmm. And then we talk about the seventh day and it has an ending. Well, right. I, does the Bible say it has an ending, or does it just not say it's ending? It doesn't. Yes. You don't have a morning. Or yeah, anything. you don't exactly. You don't have it. You don't have it. Right, but you don't have a question. Yeah. You don't. But you don't have that. It's a definite change right? between the first six. So. Yeah. Anyway, so Mark, that's a fair pushback. But will you pray for us? Yep. God, help us not only rightly divide the word of truth, but also help us uh, rightly see our brothers and other people in your light, in your eyes. Help us. Bring the word to such a, uh, a powerful point that they would want to taste it, that they would want to see it, that, that our lives be reflecting the glory of God. And that can only be done, Lord, with your spirit and with your help. So help us, Lord, just reflect you. Help us see you and seek for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this is what I was quoting from Ken Ham, basically. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. And then I, I read... <laughs> I read... Um, Yes. I love Ken Ham. Uh, yeah. So I read verse four because I didn't know if we were going to get there. And I saw that. It kind of it was like a mental note. Like he does say the word day. Yeah. In the I day was looking at it too. So, yeah, I think that you have a thought. I do. Well, you, you brought up the things that point out the difference. And you know, it says evening and morning. And it numbers. Everything about it literally means it's a literal, literal day. There's nothing about it other than the... The slight hint that it's in poetic structure. Okay. That it yeah, could partially be. poetically. I don't think it's right. Yeah, no, not all of it. Some, and that's the other one say. So, like, you might want to look into like Augustine's view of creation. Now, a lot of people say, like, oh, if he supports evolution, that's not true at all. He does not. But uh, for Augustine, he thought God made everything in one day. Yeah. And then the six days are liturgical youth for the people of God. So, like, Moses breaks up the days as a liturgical teaching tool for the people of Israel. That culminates in the seventh day. So like it does correspond to our actual week. And that culminates in the worshiping of God. And so you might want to look into Augustine's view. A lot of scholars are moving towards like that view of it's a liturgical use of the word day. So it's a religious use of it to teach people about how to okay. worship God. Now, I don't think that's hard for me to, and you were going to say something a second ago, too, I think, but like that's hard for me to take, because the verse that he would use, I'm assuming, would be 2-4, right? Well, and his had to do with, it's scripture and philosophical yeah, argument. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you use your brain, you can really figure out good things about God. The amount of evidence in, in all of chapter 1, even more all this stuff, <laughs> To me, it does build weight against a verse that, you know, one verse that without an explanation. Yeah. But were you going to say something in regard right. to it's, it's still man trying to fit something they see value in, even if it's a godly value in something, and trying to inject meaning that's not there into a, into a passage mm-hmm. that gives its own context and is spoken of by Jesus and Paul, uh, you know, very specifically as literary. literary. You know, it's like, it's it's trying to fudge around something that everybody else in scripture just said. Yeah. It's literal. Just I think I think for me the like the most like 
pungent argument for the six days is Exodus 20. Okay. Because God is literally speaking directly to the children of Israel. And so I'm like, why? Yeah, in six so days is God lying or is he just not telling them the full truth of what this actually means? I mean, he's just I, got confused. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure. I haven't read alternative interpretations that, uh, of how people maybe explain that. So I'm not going to say I know. Yeah, all, it all be all, but it's like God speaking to you from a cloud on top of Mount Sinai, and He says, "I'm the Lord your God, and I have made, I made everything in six days, and keep the Sabbath holy. For in six days I created everything." You know, I just don't think you're sitting there like, "Oh yeah, this is a long time." Now I think the argument to Did be God made, really mean. Oh no, that was if you're going to make Genesis one for three, a right? period of time, <laughs> is between Jews. What does God said? He was like, yeah. "Don't eat anything or something." God I'm not, really said, "You like ruin all your fun or something?" Yeah. He like took all this joy out of life. Depends yeah. yeah. whatever fancies your mind, like Brady was saying. Like, don't hang on with that God. Something, but like, you know, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Right. And then verse two goes into how he starts forming that stuff that he made. Right. So the earth, obviously, at this point, is just a ball of rock covered in water. And then he starts to create and define things more and more and more. Right. There's so no then the argument there is, well, there could have been an indefinite period of time between those that we just don't know about. Well, some of them have were like the original, the first God created. And it was all perfect. And then Satan fell, and so then it's formless and void. And so they, that's that. That's the gap of things. Right. I saw you looking at that. There's that whatever. Yeah. So there is nothing in the Bible to lead us to think anything different than that's literal. If you're just going by the Bible, if that's what you're going by, there's nothing to think anything but literal. Every time somebody gets to a place where they want to say it's not literal, it's trying to inject some humanistic philosophy into it somehow even christians do it that's that's because we take science as how to define the bible rather than the bible how to see and that's in science god made everything that he made with some sense of age in it i want to mention everything but at bare minimum man and there you know there and so there's not a problem even whatsoever for for the stars to have been more than the age of the earth number of light years away and us already see it's light yeah it, that, that because he just made it with age so if, if if there's nothing else you know it can't explain it there's no reason to think that it, and, and it's not that it's not it's not that we have to argue firmly with somebody to say no there's no way that can be that there was a period of time between one and two or something it's just not what biblical sense and what jesus and all held to thing. Science changes daily, and God never changes. Exactly. They're still trying to figure those things out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all these arguments are just... The more they figure out, the more... The only thing I would say, too, is, like, we do have to be careful in some senses, right? Because, for example, we had the whole escapade of, well, God made the sun revolve around the earth. Right. Episode. We do have to take it, But it doesn't specifically say that... I mean, it's yes, I understand. Okay. Right. So, like, then, so for example, in the side of animal death being before the fall, Augustine cites Psalms as an example where he says, you know, you you give them food and pray and all this stuff with meat. Okay. You know, and it seems like they're praising God for the system, 
when we would be saying, well, that's necessarily a, it's a bad thing. <laughs> you know, it's like that was a result of the fall. Augustine's arguing, well, now God apparently made it this way from the beginning, and it was a good thing because the psalmist is praising God for doing it this way, you know? So, like like I said, I think— Like animal death concrete, is different than human death? Exactly. Yeah, okay. kind of like Which can, could be. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's his argument. You know, so yeah. what I'm saying is, like, I think Grady's right. Like, obviously. <laughs> if anything happens today, where's my challenge? <laughs> I gotta leave. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, it's just it's too hard to get around, and it's like you say, yeah, it's, it's better to trust God at His word to rest in what He said instead of trying to do mental gymnastics. Well, and God did that right. after the flood. He said, "Okay, here's the meat." Yes, mm-hmm. so it had to meat. be good. <laughs> yeah, not before. There's good in it, just like work among the thorns. Has good in it. God's redeeming it. He's well, using see, that's bread. the other thing that I'm interested in too. We, we're going to hit that, but after the flood, he says, "I will not curse the ground anymore for man's sake to bring forth thorns and thistles." Right. What? He does. Right. Yeah. It's. Uh, well, look at what happened with Cain, right? Because what is he? He curses the ground again. But then, because there was no prohibition against killing somebody, <laughs> right? But then after the flood, he's like, "You don't kill anybody, you die." But now I don't have to curse the ground anymore. So yeah, they're... Okay, yeah. So eight twenty one, it says. So Noah sacrifices the clean animals off the ark to the Lord and worships him. And in verse twenty one, it says, "And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. But the imagination of man's heart is is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore every living thing as I have done." So it seems like what he did to Adam in cursing the ground, he undoes after the flood. Mm-hmm. Well. I would say it doesn't. Undo I don't. Well, it. He doesn't yeah, do, it. do it again. He's not I, doing it. Anymore. He's just not going to make it worse because he yeah. did it with Cain. He cursed the ground again with Cain. Right, but Cain's before the right. That, that's what I'm saying. Though um, now there's a prohibition against murder. All that changed before that. There wasn't. They, they took. They took the curse of God as a blessing. Look at Cain's descent. He's like, I killed these two people. Now I'm going to. seventy times seven. You know, he's like, they took curses as blessing. They totally flipped everything around. But yeah, that is interesting. And now you're a curse. They will grow, but not like when you work the ground. It's like no longer yield to its strength. So there was one. Like, there's, there's, like there's like a carrying of that curse where you would go. That's why he's well, maybe it's it's like him. Less, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, because we know the original curse is still here. Yeah. So, you know, he's yeah, just, just saying, I'm not going to make it worse. worse. Okay, maybe that's what he is. Yeah. Well, now in, in the Romans, right? It's way I mean, we have multi-floral rows here. We know it's still cursed. That's the most evil planet on the planet. That's why people <laughs> don't see like you know earthquakes, different things like that, floods. Yeah, it's probably first year. Just so the God is like, no, this is for nature saying, so children, like, God, be happy. Set me free from the bondage. Yeah, okay, that's 